I know I have like a full-time job and then even more jobs beyond that, but I'd really like to just do a shift at Sister Golden so I could be part of the goodness. <laughs> I think you would feel right Come in. Come on, That's girl. For sure. Come on, you could do it. Right. <laughs> this is Heart of the Story, and I'm Nadine Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi friends, I am so excited because today I am talking to the mother-daughter duo behind Sister Golden, which is my favorite shop in Door County, Wisconsin, but they're also an online shop as well. And they sell beautiful art prints. They sell home decor, amazing coffee mugs, vintage rugs. I mean, I just want my whole house to look like their shop, but not just that they are a powerhouse. They have a huge online following. They have been featured everywhere. I'm not even joking. HGTV magazine, MarthaStewart.com, Spirituality and Health magazine, Better Homes and Gardens, Real Simple, Celebrities Love Their Stuff. I mean, they are everywhere. And Vicki has a book coming out this September. So we're going to talk all about creating an authentic following and how they did that through female collaboration and really just taking it one step at a time. It's such an inspiring story. It's a reminder that you don't have to have it all figured out before you take the leap. So you'll love this conversation. But before we dive in, I wanted to remind you because I'm getting lots of messages about it. My favorite class published the personal starts August 25th and it is almost sold out. (laughs) So if you are interested in a class that meets on zoom for six weeks where you can write personal stories and get them published, this is the class for you. I can't even count how many times I have led different versions of this class. We always have new prompts and a new material to work with. So I have a ton of returning students, but what I will say is that there are so many successes that have come from the class. Writers in that workshop have been published in, I don't know, the New York Times, (laughs) the Boston Globe Connections, amazing literary magazines like Long reads and brevity. They have been featured on podcasts. They have won incredible awards. They have been nominated for prizes like the Pushcart Prize. This is a big deal. (laughs) I'm so impressed by what they've done when they've dedicated the time and space to taking the class and putting their creativity as a priority. So if this sounds interesting to you and you finally want to get your personal stories and essays out into the world, well, look no further. We meet for six weeks on Zoom 
And it is just an amazing supportive group of incredible writers. And you'll get feedback from them, feedback from me. You'll get guidance as to how exactly to appeal to these magazines and how to submit so you give yourself the best chance of publication. You can check out that on my website at nadinekennyjohnstone.com and you'll see the workshops tab. My website is also where you can find out information about my women's wellness retreats which are just, oh my gosh, so heartwarming. We have journaling, yoga nidra, meditation, dancing, whimsical fun, and really, really good food. Okay, without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Vicki and Brooke Rollins. So today you are in for a special treat because I have joining me Vicki and Brooke Rollins, and they are the powerhouse behind Sister Golden, which is my absolute most favorite shop in all of Door County. A few years ago, I stumbled into this beautiful building and I never wanted to leave. <laughs> it had all of this amazing artwork as well as beautiful jewelry amazing coffee mugs, everything you can imagine. I want my whole house to look like Sister Golden Shop. And so every year when I come back to Door County, I always visit. And I wanted to know more about the women behind this beautiful business, but I also wanted to know more about this wonderful book that is coming out called The Power of Flowers, which will be coming out this September. And so I went in and I asked Brooke and Vicki if they wouldn't mind being on the show. And here they are. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely excited. I love it. So most of the time I'm interviewing one woman at a time. And so this is a really, really special treat to have a mother-daughter duo. And I want to maybe start there with you work together all the time. (laughs) And I'm wondering how that is when you're dividing up responsibilities and who handles what and how you decided to even become a partnership. So Brooke, maybe do you want to tell us a little bit and then we'll go to Vicki. So Brooke is the daughter of the mother-daughter team. Yeah. So we started Sister Golden back in 2014. And at that time I was living in out in San Diego and my mom was living in Chicagoland where we're from. And I can't remember like exactly what happened, but I've always been interested in boutiques and boutique retail. And in high school and college, I worked actually up in Door County for Terry at Fred and Company during the summers. And that's sort of where I got that sort of boutique retail itch. And I just loved it and like the close knit community with customers and At that time, I kind of was interested in clothes, but that was sort of like high school, college days. And then in 2014, I I was working a marketing job and they actually were going to change their headquarters from San Diego to Texas. And they basically said, if you want to you know, keep your job, then you, you make the move with us. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't in a place where I wanted to make that move. So I sort of ended that job. And it was like sort of the perfect time to jump into something else. And that something else ended up being Sister Golden. So we started online because my mom and I were in two separate places. 
and started selling her artwork, which at the time wasn't flower art. She hadn't started doing that yet. It was watercolors that she was doing. She's always been an artist for her entire life. And as long as I've known her, of course, but at the time that that was her watercolor prints. So we started selling those. Soon after that, we started adding handmade pieces from different independent artists, kind of from Chicago or from the Midwest, which expanded into selling artist pieces from across the United States and eventually like around the globe. So that's sort of how Sister Golden came to be. And it was online for two years before we opened the brick and mortar store in 2016 in Door County. Wow. I mean, she grew up in this environment. She had a mom who was, you know, I was selling everything that I made at art fairs. I had always been an artist. And although I'd always specifically done painting and drawing more traditional artwork, I was, I always had so much fun doing all this other stuff. So I was making jewelry and I worked for designers in downtown Chicago and I was muraling in homes and businesses. And I was, I mean, I, I think back, I'm like, wow, it's just so funny. Like I was like scattered, but I just was having a lot of fun exploring all these different mediums. And so there was always artwork in the house, original artwork. So in terms of her wanting to do a business and then, you know, it being one of a kind handmade from artists, it was just like this perfect marriage because that's something that I would want to do, you know, but the trip up was that she asked me and then I'm like, okay, well, you're in La Jolla and California and I'm here and how are we going to start it? And I'm like, she's like, oh, but mom, we'll just start with your artwork. I'm like, oh my God, what? Like, like, you know, and at that time in my life, I didn't really have a body of work together that any artist is going to want to have a body of work together where you know your direction and you know what you're doing. And, you know, we're going to start off with my watercolor paintings, but maybe I have four. So I, this is just how I am. I always say yes and think about how I'm going to do it later. I've just always been that person. So of course I was just like, okay, sure. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'll figure it out. And then I just started painting uh, (laughs) a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, so like, like she said, you know, we started off with just the paintings and that was just really fun to see the paintings live and you know, cause I know nothing about computers or, I mean, she is sister golden. She does everything, but <laughs> to see them live on a website was like so cool. And then, like she said, the floral work came later. I was dabbling in it and then I got obsessed with that. And then that ball got rolling, but yeah. So it was just this thing that just kind of came together, this marriage of her ideas and my ideas that worked out perfectly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of just figured it out, you know, like we had I had never built a website before or done any of that. And so it was so trial and error, like thinking back, like, wow, we sort of just jumped into it so blindly. You know what? I was just going to say that this is really one of the things that I think really helped us is that we, we had blinders on. We just never looked to see what competition would be, what other people were doing all the we, things not to do when you're trying to start your own business. It, it, it's so true. It's so true because I feel like she's much more carefree and she's mom always don't worry about that mom. Don't worry about that mom. And I would be like, 
Brooke, all these other people are trying to start a boutique or there's mm-hmm. this or that, or look at this other person's paintings. Mm-hmm. Mine suck. You know, what I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would have been much more like, I don't know if we can do this. How could we make it? But for some reason I had my blinders on too. And thank God I was not like a social media person at all. She was doing maybe a little bit of Instagram, but I wasn't paying attention really. I mean, these kids signed me up in Facebook when they went to college. I had like, you know, a few friends just so I could see what they're, I mean, I was just wasn't looking at what everybody else was doing. And I just feel like it worked out so good for us because I wasn't nervous about what I was putting out there because I was just painting from my heart and what I wanted to do. And I wasn't comparing myself to anybody else. So I feel like that helped a lot for me in terms of my fear. Yeah. And so that's huge because When I look at Sister Golden now, your brand is so clear and so specific. Like when you enter the shop, everything feels like it belongs and it's part of this really beautiful aesthetic. And when you go on your website, it just feels so purposeful. So it is a relief to know (laughs) that it was a matter of leaping without totally knowing that it was trial and error, because I think what we see is only the finished product or the highlight reel on social media. And so for female creatives, it can be very intimidating and it can feel like, well, we can only put our work out there or our writing out there or start that shop if we have the whole 30-year plan. So it's actually a great relief to hear when it was like, you know what, we have something here and we're going to try it out and we're going to see, and now look what it's become. I mean, you've been featured in HGTV magazine and spirituality and health and home and garden. You have a book coming out, you have brick and mortar store. You now have a rug shop, you have an online shop. And that is the beauty of perseverance and just staying true without letting the critic and the competition kind of take over. So maybe you can talk first of all, so that people can understand now a lot of what Sister Golden is known for are these flower prints or nature prints. Tell listeners what that is, because I have 12 of them, so I will be posting a picture of them. But if you can describe to the listener what it is and how that form of art even came to be. Yeah. So in terms of, I'll just start with the art itself. So the art is 100% botanical. So And that's, I guess, just something that, I don't know, it doesn't have to be 100% botanical. I just have this really rigid view on it, I guess, that I just want it to be. So I've kept it that way. So I, I literally, it's just so easy. I tell everybody that comes in the shop or anybody who's interested, you can do this. This is like, and they're like, oh. I'm like, no, you can, you can so do this. I mean, literally it's going out and foraging botanicals, whether that sticks and leaves, flowers, anything that's coming from mother nature, from the ground. And then I bring it back to my studio. Again, you don't have to do that. Literally, this is just like you could sit down on the sidewalk and play. Like when I was little, I did this. Mm. You can sit on a dirt path and do it and then surprise the person who's coming along to see it after you've left, you know. But for me now, though, I'm taking it back into my studio and I am just sort of playing around. I dump out whatever I have. I am 
I don't know, feeling it out a little bit, you know, sometimes I have a, a specific thing in mind. And, and a lot of times I don't, I'm just playing around and seeing what happens. And then I just start, I might make a scene. It might be, you know, a scene, a little forest scene. It might be a person, an animal, anything. And then I just use tweezers and a pair of scissors I don't use any glue to hold anything down or anything. And I just sort of arrange with the tweezers and scissors. I mean, obviously the scissors don't help me arrange, but if I need to cut something, and this is so funny, when I first started, I literally did not want to cut a stick. I was just like, I'm going to find the stick that's the size. Well, that can take a really long time. (laughs) So I decided that, you know what, I'm going to be okay. I can just cut. It's, It's okay. I can cut out a moon. I don't have to find the perfect shape. I could do it. Anyway, so... I just move things around. Like I say, I use tweezers. They're almost like this appendage now for myself, like a sixth and seventh finger. It's so funny because to get in, I don't want to bump anything because I'm just, it's all balancing there. So I have to be really careful. I tease all the time and people know this. I say, I don't have a ceiling fan. I don't have a cat. I don't open a window. (laughs) So I very carefully arrange and then after I get it the way I like, I usually take phone pictures to see if the competition, uh, the competition, to see if the um, composition, the composition is yeah, right. Sure. And then if I feel like I like it, I'll keep going. And then I'll photograph it. If I think it's worth photographing, I'll photograph it and usually take way too many pictures. And then after I photograph it, I literally just like brush the whole thing off on a board or a basket or something and take it out to my compost pile. And that's it. That's the artwork. Wow. So it's pretty simple and pretty fun, actually. Yeah. It's amazing because when listeners see on my Instagram, I'll post what these end up coming out as. We're not talking about just like putting a few sticks on a page. You do portraits of like Frida Kahlo. <laughs> you know, it's like right. Yeah. And it yeah. looks exactly like her. And it's incredible to see what can come out of these naturally found objects that are not glued down. They're just arranged. And then you take that picture and my favorite ones, you do so many of women and I have ones where it's like sand is the hair and leaves are the hair and some, they have their eyes closed and it just looks very reflective, peaceful, contemplative. That's why I love it, especially since I teach women and I lead women's retreats. I I just love these female-centered portraits. Um, And I love, Brooke, that on Instagram, every now and again, you'll show videos of your mom, like foraging for leaves in the Costco parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I did not know she was doing that. I can up and I'm like, what are you doing with your phone? Because it's aimed right at me. You right. know, it's hard to find locust leaflet sticks. And I use those a lot to form faces because there's not like a lot of locust trees up here, at least not where I'm walking around. And I don't have them in my yard. And they just happen to be in the Costco parking lot. And I'm like, oh my God, a find. And I just have to like pick them up. Yeah, she's constantly doing that. Like we'll be walking down the street and she's always, I feel like it's sort of just second nature at this point, but she's always just sort of scanning what's on either side of the sidewalk, you know, scanning what's on the ground. And yeah, in that instance, the Costco parking lot or the CVS parking lot or, or whatever, but But yeah, she's always, I'm always walking with my head down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Yeah. And I love that sometimes you don't have a specific image of what it will be, that you're kind of seeing what the naturally found objects want to be. That's a lot of the the women writers who listen, you know, sometimes they feel intimidated if they don't come to the page with like an outline. And, And I often just coach, like, just pay attention to what you're paying attention to, you know, that's the start of it. So I love learning more about the process and maybe Brooke, you can tell me a bit more about as you're, you were watching your mom create these flower prints and you're watching her forage at Costco and everywhere. Um, maybe you can tell me a bit more about like the business and marketing side of how did that become part of the brand? And and how do you also have a very keen eye of like what to share on the website and on Instagram about the process? Because I think you do a really good job of that. Thanks. Um, well, I guess back in the beginning when you were just starting to do the floral portraits, I feel like it coincided with me exploring Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, at least I think, and it's earlier stages, like not everyone was on it like they are now. And you did your first couple portraits. And it was just pictures too on Instagram. Like people weren't doing video, nothing. You couldn't even make, um, bring it an image in to see bigger, right? Like you couldn't do any of that. Like it was just, you had your photo and it was, that was it. Right. It was very basic. So you were doing your first couple portraits and I mean, you must have taken the photos and sent them to me. And yeah. I I was like, oh, I, I want to share these on Instagram. And we hadn't, our feed was not big. I think we had posted just like a couple of photos and there was really no certain direction. Again, it was like very much in this sort of trial and error phase of very beginning Sister Golden. And you had done some of those and I posted them and people really just love them. Like people just were commenting like, Oh wow, that's so cool. Or that's so different. And so that was sort of invigorating. People were responding to them, how I responded to them when I saw them, like, wow, that's so cool. So that sort of got the ball rolling, at least in you, you making more and and us posting more. And that sort of became a snowball effect. And bloggers started noticing it. And I think for the blogger, it was like, Ooh, she could do me. And then I could have it as my profile picture or whatever, which was right. kind of fun. In the beginning, yeah. you, were, you were kind of like taking commissions and that was just someone saying, Oh, will you, will you do my portrait? Will and I wasn't me? getting paid. This wasn't like right. commission paid commission. <laughs> this was just, I, oh my God. Yeah. I was just literally just doing it for fun. Yeah. Like, People, sure. I'll do you. you yeah. Know? I'm like, Oh, of course you got great hair. Let's do this. What right. can I make you out of? And right. it was just less, it was her girlfriends. And then it was bloggers And then it was bloggers reposting those pictures too, that had a little bit more of a following than us. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And then I remember I was doing, remember Friday? Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a portrait. (laughs) I just think it's funny because I was doing this floral instead of Friday, Friday. And Brooke would post it like every Friday and I would do a different one. And then I think a couple of bigger, bigger blogs actually like posted the Friday. And then if they posted something, then they might come back and post some more stuff. They just started following us. And then I didn't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of sharing of like the floral art because again, people hadn't seen much of that, you know, it was such like a newer thing that was being posted on social media. So that was sort of the, the snowball effect just in terms of 
learning Instagram and gaining followers and things like that. But I also, I think sort of, I didn't know this about myself in the beginning, but I sort of, I like the graphic design type thing. And that kind of plays into like me working on the website and things like that. And that's very much something that I think is involved in Instagram, just like how your feed looks and just how your image looks before you put it out. That was something that I kind of learned to love. And you've always loved photography. You've always been a very good photographer. You really have. And I feel like that just, she has an eye for composition and, 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 you know, it's funny how I see my, a lot of my mom and her, because my mom's a photographer and my mom went to school for design Mm. and it's just funny how like, these are the stuff you don't really think about on a daily Mm -hmm. basis, but then when you have to write it down for a book or you have to write it down for anything, you just think about it. People are asking you questions. You're like, well, yeah, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you know, really. Because it definitely, she's so much like her grandmother. Even when she's photographing, she'll stand like her grandma. And I'm like, oh, doing a grandma Susie. Like, it's just so funny how really the generations, (laughs) she is just full of her grandma and me. That's funny. Uh, That's amazing. And so what would you say to a creative who's a little intimidated by Instagram or social media (laughs) asking for a friend (laughs) because I don't know. It's so interesting in writing. I will share deeply from the heart, but with social media, Instagram in particular, I have to get over this hurdle of like, would people even care about that? Should I post that? What do they want to see? What do they care about? Am I overposting, underposting? You know, there's a lot of mental pinballing that happens. So, what might you say to a creative who wants to build community online but might be a little intimidated by it? I mean, I would probably say just start. Like, you have to put one foot first, right? So, like, you just just start with one post and see how that sort of develops. Start somewhere, like don't stand in your own way. I feel like, cause I even get into those ruts now where I'm like, I have nothing to post. No one wants to hear about any of this. I don't have anything to talk about. I have no new photos, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, all of a sudden four days pass or five days pass and I haven't posted anything. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, I think we just have to stop thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's really about like, Stop thinking about what other people are going to think about your post. So just stop thinking. Not every post is perfect. You know, half of your posts won't be perfect. Just be okay with that. Just trying to make it perfect is just so like exhausting. It's exhausting. It's it's just like, (laughs) just like she said, you just have to get out of your head, get out of your ego And I don't mean ego and, oh, I'm great ego. I mean, just ego feeling like I'm not enough ego, you know, Mm -hmm. to put something good out there. Like Brooke said, just do it. And also, I feel like if you really are doing something from the heart, people can read that, you know, they can genuinely read it. I mean, and you're not doing it just to keep up with everybody else and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a hard balance right now is staying in your heart and less in your head, and also still trying to run a business. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> nobody has the answer. It's just Mm-mm. such a, a hard balance. And I feel like, but you just have to keep going back to your heart, I would say, and just work from that area 
and just put out what you feel like is just honest and pure and true. And, and that's all you can do. And you know what? Yeah. We're trying to sell a rug, you know, I mean, but we love the rug. So (laughs) we're going to just show you the rug because we do genuinely love it. And we hope you love it too. And if you don't guess what, there was a time right Brooke in Instagram where we were like, okay, well, we have like a double life, a split personality mm. because we have all this floral art and we have floral art people. And then we have home goods and we have home goods people. Mm-hmm. How do we work this? I mean, how do we, do we have to separate? Do we not? And finally you just sort of shake out all the people that just don't, that will just accept you for what you are. Yeah. And that's all you yeah. can do. You're going to lose followers no matter what, but it always comes down to, just being able to post like you want to post and know that the people that are there that are following you are enjoying pretty much everything you're doing. And if they're not loving some posts, they're still going to stay with you because they're like, maybe, okay, I don't want to buy a rug today, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. They just want to know what you're doing because they're they're enjoying having fun with you. That's all. That is so true. So I was a writing professor for 13 years and I taught writing at conferences and it all felt very formal and academic. And when I would go to post on Instagram, it kind of felt like, oh, but what about me? Like who I am, right? I'm sure I can share a million writing tips and craft advice, but but what about me? And I found that when I shared things that just delight me or like, here's what I'm looking at from my writing desk today, or here's what I do when I'm not writing. I love paddleboarding. And this is the beautiful view I'm looking at. When I started just sharing what delighted me or just like life updates in my newsletter, I, I sent out a newsletter letter every other week or so. And I find that the things that get the most responses are are people just want to know like how you are and what's going on in your life. And so when, yeah, when I share things like that, like here's the life update and and not so self-centered, but just knowing that you're a human is a real connector point I find. And that's why I love something like picking up leaves in a Costco parking lot because it's human. It's human. Right. Right. Like having the perfect grid, honestly, like, isn't even a thing anymore. I feel like people are over that. Of course, you know, naturally you like looking at a pretty photo, but that's just like ingrained in, in our DNA probably. But I think what they want to, what they want to hear about what they truly connect to is definitely more of a human story. Yeah. So true. And speaking of, uh, you started talking a lot about from the heart and these sort of stories, I'm curious to know, you know, how art has helped heal or how art has helped you follow your hearts. What has life looked like in the background of, of a sister golden? Oh, I feel like this is a weighted question for you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like art has always been where I felt whole because I think it was always the thing that I knew I could do really well. I mean, since I was little, everybody was telling me, oh my God. And so I always felt like, okay, that's where I shine. And luckily I love doing it because I think that there's probably people that are artists that are really good at something, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's not really their passion. Maybe they want to be in Peace Corps, you know, or maybe they want to do something where they're not painting every day. They just happen to have that talent. 
I feel like I'm lucky where I really was. I feel like I, I've always just, it was sort of born in that I, that I was able to have the art talent and that I really, I feel great that it's a place that I feel whole and that I, I can feel present and just really good in. You know, I think for every artist, you feel like when you're putting your art out there, you know, it's, it's like you're putting your whole self out there, you know, and it's like, oh, well, people like it. And then that you feel like you can't help but feel like that's a direct correlation to liking you. You know what I mean? If they don't like your art, you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just really a happy place for me. And the fact, getting back to your real question, the fact that I can live in a situation where I'm doing art and that's the thing that I'm supposed to be doing is just really great. You know, I mean, for myself, it's Mm -hmm. just, just really, really great. And I think for, for the two of us, just again, art, being able to support artists that are doing one of a kind handmade other women who are like, have a nine to five job and then they're doing ceramics all night you know, or after they put their kids to bed or mm-hmm. just doing all sorts of just knowing that these women are men too, that are doing what they love and being able to support them. And um, in terms of the shop and art filling the shop soul, really, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's so funny, like, mm-hmm. obviously, we have other things that aren't handmade. But Brooke and I have this balance where we can tell, like, if the shop isn't filled enough with the stuff that's really handmade, no matter where it's from, we start to feel a little bit like, whoa, no, right? Mm-hmm. It's this yeah. balance of, like, we don't have enough, we need more artists. You know, we really try and stay really conscious of that, of making sure that we are really heavily in the handmade and not the faster sale, which might be a $16 coffee mug from someplace else that isn't handmade. We try to do a lot less of that because again, in terms of what you're talking about, feeling good and how art has steered us, even down to being inside of our shop and having it feel right. Mm -hmm. Art is a big part of that. Yeah. And I love that when I get something from your shop, I know that it's one of a kind, like the ring that I buy, I won't see it on another person. I love that when I walk into Sister Golden, it always smells so great. And everyone who greets the people who come in the door are so vibrant and lively. Shout out to Mary. She's always so bubbly. And it's just, it's more than just buying a thing. I think that I pick up on when I go into a place and I have an experience and I I know that there will be human interaction that'll be really welcoming. That's part of what I go in for too. It's not just to see what other cool things are in there, but it's about the experience and, and the welcoming quality of it. And so Brooke, maybe you can talk a bit about what have been some of the like highs and the hurdles of having a business or trying to make creativity into a living? I mean, I think probably the the highs have been first being able to do it with my mom. Like that's something totally unique that I never thought would we would be doing. Um, I thought it would last three weeks and then she'd be sick of me. <laughs> I remember when she first asked, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a three-week deal. She's going to be like so over me. Even though we've never had that relationship where 
I would have, you would have thought that would ever happen. Right. But anyway. Yeah. Um, probably like another high would be just taking something from an idea and sort of making it come to life. Mm. Like I didn't, I guess I didn't know that I was totally capable of that. I mean, it came with a lot of help from a lot of different people. So many family members have, have helped us just with little skills they have, you know, helping us grow this business. So it's not something that we just did by ourselves. You're gonna, that's for sure. I think you would love this. So even like she said, even from the, from the start of the building to my sister, who's a carpenter, I have two sisters. They're both amazingly talented, but my sister, Julie, she's a carpenter. I mean, you can find her on top of a roof with a tool belt. And I mean, it's so funny. Yeah. So she built our, um, our whole checkout counter and our floating shelves and did all this repair and stuff. And then her girlfriend, Darlene painted the whole entire part of our shop. And I mean, just like it was girl power. I'm like, like seriously, totally. family girl power the whole, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Being able to work amongst family members. I mean, cause even now, like as sister golden has matured a little bit, like it's still such a family run business. Like it's us, it's my dad who's sort of like the accountant, like the financial guy running the numbers and filling us in. Cause neither of us are that type of person, but it's so great that he like is there for us and doing that. And my husband has been involved for since the beginning and just doing little things, helping with the website, things like that. So being a high is definitely being able to work among friends and family members, like really on a day-to-day basis. Like how cool is that? I never thought I would have a job that would allow me to do that. So that's really cool. Um, Hurdles. Oh gosh. I feel like there's been a lot, a lot of hurdles, of course, like along the way from the very beginning, a lot of trial and error. You know, we sort of figured out everything on our own and we didn't really have, you know, employees, you know, until. I mean, the first, the first couple of years, Brooke and I were working seven days a week at that shop. I went home with cankles and then <laughs> literally I go home and I'd be like, Craig, I'm just going to go lay upstairs on the couch and you can bring me dinner, honey. Like, like, oh my God. It was crazy. Like yeah. who knew? Because, you know, like she was working, like she said at Fred's next door. She never told me, Hey mom, this right, being <laughs> well, on your feet all day, well, really. we, but we never thought about it either. We never knew the capacity for like the amount of people that come into a shop nonstop every single day and the talking and the, that's easy though. That's a love fest constantly. But I mean, just seriously, just the being on your feet and racing around up and down the stairs and all this kind of stuff, just nonstop that the two of us just did. I think back and I'm like, how did the two of us do this? I mean, like out of control. (laughs) Right. But again, blinders on, you just do it and then you... Right. And that's just running the shop. And that's just one aspect of, Oh, well she, you know, I didn't do anything in terms of the website. This girl does the whole shop and then the website, just like designing it, doing it, all the photography, every little thing you see on the website, she's taking the pictures of to put on the website. It's like mind blowing. I can't even think about all the stuff that you do. Well, until recently we had Laura. Right. Now we have Laura. Thank God for Laura. She's amazing. Yeah. So I think just, I mean, I guess work-life balance definitely would be a hurdle. 
Um, and I think we're still trying to figure that out. And because of, you know, like amazing people that we have helping us and working with us, it's become a little bit better in our sixth season of being open in the store and our eighth year of, of having sister golden as a business. So we're trying, I mean, eight years in we're, we're trying, we're figuring it out a little bit, but I think that that's probably something that will always be like a little bit of a hurdle, but it's also a hurdle. That's okay. Because I, I love working, you know, which is really amazing. Mm-hmm. So even though sometimes I wish I, I could go away for a week somewhere or whatever and totally turn off my brain and turn off my phone and shut off my computer, that's not really where I'm at right now, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We made it through a whole pandemic, which is still going on. Right. But, you know, that was, I mean, literally we were like, wow, could this break you, you know? Yes. But I think more people, <laughs> we did better than we've ever done. Just like it just didn't matter. That's such like a great gift that Door County being in this like specific place, true, having true. a store in this yeah. specific place, that's like a gift Door County as a place ha- has given us. It's just the mm-hmm. fact that even during a, a pandemic, people escaped to Door County and luckily mm-hmm. like our, our store is there. And then, yeah, online during the pandemic online kind of like blew up, which who knew that something like that would happen, that that would be a result of, of the pandemic. And I mean, a lot of online shops, I think felt that, you know, burst a little bit. So the pandemic, we survived, mm-hmm. but luckily, luckily, you know, and I, I'm so curious about, so why Door County? What does it mean to you? Listeners know it's a very special place to me. I love coming here um, every summer now. We've been coming up longer and longer and longer. And it just holds such a special place in my heart. But what does it mean to you both? And why did you open the store here? We, I mean, it was definitely a choice. So the kids, when they were growing up, worked up, for the full summer in Door County, I was lucky enough being an artist that I could be here for the summer. We lived in Chicago. We built a second home up here. My husband was born and raised in Wisconsin. And I teased him that he kept trying to get me closer and closer to the Wisconsin border. Cause when we were young and cool, we lived downtown Chicago. And then all of a sudden we're in Des Plaines. And next thing you know, we're in Gurnee and then <laughs> a 15 miles south of the Wisconsin border. But he brought me to Door County you know, before Brooke was ever born and when we were dating and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I've always been a water girl. And I was like, this is like, I never wanted to leave. You know, we come and visit and stuff. So we, we had a sailboat when the kids were young. And so we were sailing all over Lake Michigan and stuff. And we would sail up here. And so it was like our little condo in Dora County, right? We dock. Anyway, long story short, we built a home up here. Like I said, a second home. And the kids worked up here during the summer. And then Craig and I said, you know, we should retire here. Mm. So we did that like six years. No, six, six years ago. Yeah. I love that you retired to start a full time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Exactly. He's like, okay, bye, honey. You know, (laughs) but yeah. So it was interesting because Brooke had come from California and she, you know, decided to come up here, but Right before we were coming up here full time, we did have that conversation because we were living in Evanston and we love, love Evanston. Brooke loved Evanston. 
like, wow, there's three places we could do the shop. We could do it in La Jolla. We could do it in Evanston. We could do it in Door County. And we all were thinking that Door County was the best place to do it because it gave us options for the winter. And Craig and I wanted to be in California during the winter. So that provided that, that I could leave and live basically half a year in California where I do so much of my work, which you know from the book. And for Brooke, it was then, so her and Matt weren't married yet, but then we had this other guy that we wanted, of course, to come with us. And we're like, okay, well, Matt make this transition. And man, that kid is such a trooper. He's so amazing. He absolutely adores Door County. And he had been here obviously before. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to just do it. We'll take the leap. Let's all go. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. We decided, yeah. And we bought that building, which was very serendipitous too, because we had been looking all over and it wasn't for sale. <gasps> and Craig, my husband, who this is just how he is. He's like, you know what? Let's just go in there and talk to him. So we went in and talked to Gary and Judy Houston in the Santa Fe shop. And they brought us even upstairs to their apartment and everything, which is now our packing and shipping. And 45 minutes later, they had sold us the building. <gasps> Not kidding you. It was like that crazy. Mm-hmm. And we all just felt so good about it. And when we closed, we all went out to dinner and we, they come visit us still now. And we just love them so much. And it was just like this. We had been in the building and there was something about, although their decor was much different than ours, it was very dark and everything was dark walnut and a completely different shop and feeling on the inside. I think it was just Gary and Judy that I always just felt like Gary, especially is just like so sweet. And there was just something about him. And I just love the feeling of the inside of the shop. And, you know, I, Anyway, so I was just so happy that they were like, yeah, (laughs) let's do it. So it was just the right time in their life. Wow. I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing how things like that work out. Oh my goodness. It is amazing. It's so crazy. So crazy. Well, and the last thing that I want to ask you about, of course, that you just mentioned again is your book, The Power of Flowers. And so if you can tell listeners more about it and when it will be coming out, um, all the good things, let them know. Yeah. So the book is basically just sort of like a gallery of so much of my work. I, I don't even know how many pieces are in there. A hundred, a 150, 160 pieces. And I, I never really thought about doing a book except for when I started doing all the Frida's, I, I was thinking, wow, it'd be so fun to just have a little book, just a little Frida book. And I already had the name foraging for Frida. And I just love that. I'm like, Oh my God, that'd be so fun. And then, you know, you think about it for a couple minutes and then it's out the door. And I know, you know, every once in a while I think about, wow, I'm getting so much work. It'd be so fun to have it in one place for my kids. You know, you think about that for 10 minutes and it's out the door. And also, if I did that, I always thought, well, I just have to self-publish because how are you even going to, you know, I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. But it it was just so cool that an editor from Quarto had been following us for, I guess, a few years. And she emailed one day and just said, I really love your artwork. I've been following you for a long time. And I think it should be a book. (laughs) I was like, why? (laughs) Or Brooke told me. And then I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you have to make sure that it's a good fit for the two of you. So we had conversations with them and their team, and and it was just a perfect fit. It was a bunch of females that were amazing, just amazing. And we just felt so comfortable with them. 
And the great thing was they were just so like wonderful to us. Like, you know, right away when you're thinking, oh no, I can do a book. You're like, are they going to make me steer it a certain way? Will we be able to do it the way we want? And we just wanted to do, you know, a gallery of photos with all the anecdotal stuff. Cause I have so much stuff around all the, I mean, I can remember where I almost got like every single flower wow. and the story behind it and what kind of alley I had to run down and, <laughs> you know, sneak at night to cut some palm that's over a fence that is fair game actually. <laughs> and, um, or something, you know, just all sorts of just fun stuff. And also the background story of just being an artist and everything that had sort of brought me to doing floral art, which is a whole other story. So that whole introduction and then the anecdotes and then all the pictures. And I, and I just feel like I, I wanted it to be a place where people could go to where they could like sit with their grandkids mm-hmm. or sit with their friend and be like, oh my God, I can do this. Like we should go out and we should try this. Like I want people to try it. I want people to get off of technology and to get out and sort of like forest bathe, you know, just be out in nature and do something fun and have something fun with, you know, that you can do with your kids. And it's not like a how-to book at all, but I feel like there's enough process shots. And I talk about exactly pretty much how I do it, that you could decide to go out and do it and not feel intimidated or anything like that. So I feel like it's a coffee table book that's fun to look at, inspirational for an artist. And then at the same time, I think it could be inspirational and fun for just a kid. Like if I'm a kid, I'd be looking through there like, because I remember when I was a kid, I did that stuff and it wasn't an artist. Our our teachers would have you do nature art, you know, (laughs) go out and do collages and stuff. And so I think it would be inspirational for kids too, for sure. Well, I have to tell you, it has been. So at the end of May, I led a women's writing retreat in Door County and I wanted to just have an activity that wasn't writing related, that just brought about their whimsy and kind of unlocked them creatively. And as a memento for the retreat, I gave them all one of your prints. I call it like fairy something. It looks like a little like fairy cottage in the woods because the place where we had the retreat was like a cottage in the woods. And so they all got one of your prints as a memento and I gave it to them and I said, okay, now it's your turn. I want you to go outside, find flowers, petals, sticks, and just create whatever you want to create. They were like kids running around the yard, collecting all this stuff. It was their favorite activity of the entire retreat, I think. And my husband is a chef, so he does the cooking. And so um, we also had our son Gio there, like kind of in the background. He was thing out as sous chef. And when this nature activity came about, I said, bud, come over here and you can do this too. You know, usually for most of the retreat, he was kind of doing his own thing. But I said, I don't think the women will mind if you go out and forage with them and pick up petals and stuff. And he loves Sister Golden. And so he came back with all of these petals and he made this like beautiful mandala. And I took pictures of all of it. It was so uplifting. It was so playful it is such a fun activity to do. So you have definitely inspired so many people, probably more than, you know, so much so that the other day, I forget who we were talking to and sister golden came up. We were talking to another person in Door County and my son just went into this whole thing. And he said, the first sister golden print we ever got 
was when I was four years old and it was of a camper in the night sky. And it had, you know, this twig became this thing and this was a moon. And he just described it in full detail. We got that when he was four and he's nine now. Oh my God. I love that. That's so sweet. I think that your book will just inspire so many people to go out and do some nature foraging and to see what they come up with, not out of perfection, but just out of playfulness. So for anyone who's listening, definitely pre-order. The book is beautiful. It comes out September 13th of this year. Um, So you'll definitely want to grab it and, and try your hand out at this. And so I want to be cognizant of time as a wrap up here, quickly rapid fire questions. I'm just going to each ask you one quick question. So Brooke, what is providing some healing for you right now? Mm, I would say just being around the people that I love and work with like on a daily basis, I feel like everyone's so, mm-hmm. everyone is so positive mm-hmm. and I just feel so lucky to be around truly positive, hopeful people. We have the best team ever. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. So just being able to be around my mom every day for sure. Don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) We made it through this whole thing. Okay, your turn. And usually I'm the the crier. So this is all good. Okay. (laughs) Um, Vicki, what's providing hope? For you right now? Oh, oh my gosh. You know what? I would almost have to say it's the same thing. Yeah. We, we seriously have the best team. I'm not kidding you. This was just like a conversation we had like two days ago with Alex, who's our, our shop manager. And she said to me, which is like so amazing. She said to both of us, she said, I come here. Oh, I know. I'm going to start crying. She said, I come here and I feel like I'm at home and then I go home and I'm at home too. And I mean, that's like the best. Absolutely incredible. Ugly cry. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I feel like, like in terms of hope, we're just like living with all these absolutely amazing women who, again, the other day I just said, that nobody doesn't want to work with somebody. Everybody wants to work with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just like perfect. So hope would be that I don't even have to hope <laughs> because it's just, as my husband calls it, was it another love fest today? And I said, yes, honey, it was another love fest. <laughs> it's serious. He, can't, yeah. he says that. It's the truth. It's the truth. It sounds so sappy and like we're making it up, but we just have to say, Absolutely. Such good energy all the time. It truly is. And the customers can see that. I said to my husband at the beginning of the summer, I know I have like a full-time job and then even more jobs beyond that, but I'd really like to just do a shift at Sister Golden so I could be part of the goodness. I think you would fit right Come in. Come on, That's girl. For sure. Come on, you can do it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's not fair to them. We're only up here for six weeks this summer, so I wouldn't be the best employee. But I just like. <laughs> I'll just do whatever that's you so want. Cute. Just let me come on. Uh, that's so cute. Or maybe that I could be that. an honorary employee and just show up randomly and just do whatever you guys want yes. to do. Yes. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Um, okay. Last question for each of you, which is when was the last time you followed your heart? 
So Brooke, I'll start with you. Oh gosh. I feel like, I feel like I, I try to follow my heart every day, Mm -hmm. you know, just like waking up and, and choosing to have a good day. Yeah. It's okay. Um, Yeah, I definitely every day. It's a choice every day. I wake up and just choose to be grateful. I'm constantly grateful. And I do make a point to to go into my heart. I've I've been meditating for years. I'm a big meditator. Um, And I feel like that if, if I'm even having even an ounce of trouble, all I have to do is close my eyes and go inward and it just happens. It's just really follow. Like I said, I don't know that there's a minute a day that I'm not following my heart. I really truthfully feel like that. Really. I just, it's just something that I feel like since I was a little girl, it's just always been sort of something that's been inside of me that I've just never really had trouble getting to. But when you're having trouble, meditation is a really good way to get there for sure. Yeah. I used to teach all writing focused things. And about a decade ago, I started really kind of heavily down a spiritual journey of meditation and really journaling from the heart rather than always trying to produce scenes and essays and articles. And so I have a morning practice of meditating and then sitting with my journal and I write myself a letter every morning from my heart, essentially from wiser me who knows um, what I really need and want to, to present me. And so I write a letter every morning and I find that hands down those practices of meditating and writing the letter make all the difference in the world. And on the days when I don't, everybody knows. <laughs> it's very obvious. That's hysterical. Oh my God. I love it. Um, I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you, where they they can follow you, um, any exciting stuff coming up. I mean, you've got so many things, the shop, the book, but tell us more. As I'm wiping wiping off my glasses, I feel like I need to clean that. Um, They can find us on sistergolden.com. That's our website. And on Instagram, we're sistergoldenshop. And the book is available for pre-sale now, both on our site and on Amazon and Target and Barnes and Noble and kind of wherever books are sold. So pre-orders and maybe the women writers who listen to this know, but pre-ordering books is so important just for kind of the snowball effect of how well the book can do. So of course we we would love to sell a lot of the book just because I do think it is so inspirational. So pre-ordering a book would be amazing and we would be so grateful for that. Yeah. And then one thing that writing a book has done, which I really, of course I've never written one before, but it's just been fun to talk to people like you. Like, how great is this, mm-hmm. right? That we just have this opportunity to talk to you like this. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the exciting thing that's come from this is yeah. just meeting with people. And um, we met with a news program just the other morning and another beautiful woman. She's amazing. Had an interview with her and just like meeting people and You know, and for me, that's like not a comfort zone. Like I'm not comfortable doing this kind of stuff. I always think I'm going to, but it's just, it's good to get out of your comfort zone and and do something like this. And then also just to meet people 
and have a deeper conversation. And just like we're doing now, this kind of stuff is great. And we have some things going on in the near future too, that are becoming up more like this, that is just something that is just pushing us and Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you, you explore more about yourself and your business. And so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, whenever some of my writing comes out, really the most exciting part of it is not the writing being published, but it's about meeting people, going to a bookshop, talking to the shop owners, you know, meeting readers, being interviewed or having a panel with other incredible women and just being so amazed and fascinated by them. So the door that a book can open are really beautiful in terms of being able to just meet kindred spirits, I think. And I'm so happy that you both came on today because I've just always been so impressed by how welcoming and creative and talented you both are. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And any day you want to work, you just let us know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll show up. I will show up. (laughs) Oh my gosh, aren't they amazing? I was laughing. I was getting teary-eyed. I was smiling. They just are such really loving individuals. You can just tell from the way that they respect each other and support each other and all of the people who work with them. It's It really is a love fest, as they said. So I hope you will check them out. Sister Golden, they are incredible. If you loved this episode, do us both a favor and take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. Let us know what your favorite part was. It'll mean the world world to us to hear from listeners and to just know what your favorite takeaway from the episode was. I'm at Nadine Kenny Johnstone on Instagram and you can tag me as well. So I want to thank my producer, Michelle Rado, who makes these podcast episodes incredible. And I want to thank you, dear listeners, for coming back week after week. I hope that if you love the podcast, you can tell a friend or rate and review. It means the world to me and it's a way of getting your support and then sharing the love. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for coming back every week. Remember everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week. Thank you.